Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know what? I do everything I can to bring you uh, truth that will help you live victoriously, that will help you to live as an overcomer who faces uh, everything that comes to you and is able to stand up and overcome and conquer. Because I'm going to tell you what, we are called to be uh, overcomers. We are called to live a triumphant, victorious life. Now, when I started this particular uh, video and audio series. We started out by talking about how everything in the Bible is, is significant. And, and we have made the Bible insignificant because we haven't taken it, figured out how to apply it to daily life. We've made it religious. We did with the Word of God exactly what God said not to do. We interpret it based on religious ideas that, he, that had nothing to do with him. He didn't state them. He didn't want them, but we wanted them. You know, religion always twists what God says, what God does. It always twists it to fit the human experience. We want to we make it where it's about us and make it about where we're comfortable and not trust God and realize there's a lot more comfort, a lot more peace, a lot more joy in following and trusting him. Now, we've been talking about ancient mysteries. And so beginning last week, we kind of took a shift and we started talking about the importance of ancient mysteries and how uh, this plays into and affects us uh, based on our memories of things that have previously happened. Now, remember this, and this is, this is kind of by way of review. You know, God spoke to the children of Israel. and He said, now look, he said, you know, I want you to, I want you to, to uh, have these feasts every year at the same time, and, uh, uh, and, and I want you to do this as a, as a memorial. In other words, I want you to do this looking back to these uh, feasts and these celebrations and what I did in bringing you out of the nation of is I mean, out of the nation of Egypt and taking you through the wilderness and eventually into the promised land. Now, God always wants us to look at the exodus from Egypt and the journey to the promised land and what happens after we get in the promised land as the typology and the model uh, to understand our journey as believers. It always amazes me to hear Christians. And, you know, I, I said the same thing when I was a new Christian. But I was only saying it because other people were saying it, and because uh, uh, because pretty much it was true in my experience for a, a few months as a new believer. But you know, everybody talked. About, I can remember I talking about how that there was, you know, how that we didn't really have a plan from God. We, you know, other than getting saved, and then from there on, it was very subjective in our ability to hear God. And and most people, most new believers, didn't know the difference between hearing God and and actually uh, recognizing and determining the difference between. Our own heart, the voice of our own heart and the voice of God. By the way, that's why we have a program called Essential Heart Physics, so that you can create an awareness of Christ in you, but also so that you can learn to distinguish the difference between 
uh, God's voice speaking into your heart and your own heart speaking. So, but God actually has a very clear model of the journey that all believers are supposed to make. And the picture of that journey is to come out of captivity in Egypt. Now, you know, Egypt doesn't necessarily represent sin per se. Egypt represents the world and, uh, and, and then our bondage to sin because we believe what the world teaches about God and life and, and marriage and relationships and all those kinds of things, morality. And so, sadly, for so many believers, most of what they believe about morality and ethics and, and business and parenting uh, came from godless Luciferians, people who hate God, who don't believe the Bible, who don't believe in righteousness, who don't believe in ethics, don't believe in morality. And, and these are the people that have told us for decades how to raise our kids and how to manage our money. And it has, has, has led the politicians into how, how to govern and control and dominate people, but it doesn't come out of the Bible. Anytime something doesn't work the way it's supposed to work, then you can be sure you either don't, what you believe is either not the truth or you are reading the truth but not believing it but it's one or the other it's either not the truth or you have the truth and and you're not believing it now this thing about memories is so incredibly important because our identity to a great degree is determined by our memories our memories create our sense of self you know uh one of the things that uh that was identified centuries ago is that is that different organs in our body actually influence uh, different types of thought, different types of emotions, and different types of, of memories. Now, your heart is where your long-term memory is stored. And your long-term memory is where most people get their, their sense of identity. We you know, before we come to Jesus, we believe that we are the sum total of our life's events. In other words, all we know is everything that we have experienced up until that point in time. Now, what we have experienced and the way we have judged what we have experienced is actually, uh, what, is actually what sin working in us looks like. It causes us to think incorrectly. It causes us to, to pass judgments that have nothing to do with reality. It causes us to have this compulsion to, uh, uh, to be selfish and gratify ourselves rather than walk with God and gratify God. So, so when we come to Jesus, there is a very clearly defined process that should take place. And what should happen when we come to Jesus is we should hear the gospel uh, the good news about how Jesus became our sin, was crucified for our sins, died for our sins, paid the penalty for our sins, and God raised him from the dead, and God raised him up in righteousness. And then if we actually believe in our heart, now this, this is the thing, do you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead? And if you do, then you will confess him as Lord. That's really interesting. By the way, this is taken from Romans 10, 9, and 10. But the word confess is a compound word. And uh, 
Uh, it means to say the same thing, but it also means to agree with it. You got to agree with it in your own heart. So to confess something uh, that's based on the word of God is when you take God's word, you, you really do come into agreement with it, and your confession is coming out of your heart. Remember, the Bible tells us in Matthew 12, 34, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, and so you know, there are people that will say a prayer, they will re copy what somebody else has done, they will even say what the Bible says, but that really doesn't matter if you don't believe it in your heart, if you do not accept it, if you do not uh, engage it, uh, you'll never experience it, even though it's true and even though you have the information. And one of the great things that's missing today, by the way, in the whole of Christianity is that this intellectualism that tells us if we know the information, that is the same as believing it. No, it's not. See, when you believe something in your heart, it alters your sense of identity. Now, when we come to Jesus, and we're going to, talk, we're going to get into this next week because next week is going to be the last you know, part of this particular series. But when we come to Jesus, the idea is that we die and with him, and we are raised up with him, and we put on this new life that he has. And now, we treat that, you know, I see so many Christians treat that as if that's only a doctrinal position or a doctrinal statement, uh, rather than a reality that influences our life. Now, when we come to believe something in our heart, there are several things that happen. And one of the things that happen is when you believe something in your heart, it alters your identity. It alters how you see and understand yourself. Also, when you believe something in your heart, it becomes effortless because once something is part of your identity, it's part of who you are, that's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to talk. That's, that's how you're going to treat people. That's how you're going to walk. That's going to determine your sense of confidence in any given situation. So, so learning how to influence our hearts is probably one of the most important things that every new believer needs to learn, and it is never, ever, ever taught. That is, as my, as my, as my good friend up in, the, up in Tulsa, Ron McIntosh, uh, the way he puts it is, it is the, the heart is the missing ingredient, and it is. Because it doesn't matter what you intellectually know. It doesn't matter what you can repeat. It doesn't matter what you can memorize. It doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter. Nothing external matters unless it is being driven by your heart, your sense of who you are. And that's when you come into incredibly victorious living. Now, today we're talking about change your memories and change your identity. And this is so incredibly important. This is, and we're going to go into all kinds of aspects of this, this week and next week. But uh, this is why God kept saying, I want you every single year, and all this was supposed to happen from your heart. I want you, I want you to observe these feasts over and over and over and over and over every single year, because these feasts is nearly, as I can tell, pretty much aligned with uh, the what the book of Hebrews calls the foundations of the faith. And so these feasts were something that God said, I want you to never let these get away from you because if you do, you'll end up in trouble. You, you, know, you will end up in strange religion, strange doctrine. You'll end up in idolatry and all this kind of stuff. And so 
So every single year, a believer was to observe the feast, but they were to do it with their heart. And the whole idea of bringing the sacrifices, we have made that a bunch of legalism. Uh, the sacrifices were never brought to get God to respond to them. The sacrifices were always designed as a way for them to respond to the promises that God made. You know, in, uh, in Passover, uh, just for example, in Passover, uh, we are supposed to observe the fact that, that all of the world, and Egypt was the type of the world, all of the world uh, faced uh, God's wrath at partly as a means to provide protection for God's people. And, uh, and so in Passover, the thing that we should always be meditating on uh, about the Passover is that we're delivered from wrath. We, didn't, we don't have to go through wrath because we accepted the fact that we, that we were sinners by nature. We accepted the fact that we couldn't save ourselves. We accept the fact that Jesus became our sin, that he took the price for our sin. It's already been paid for, that he made us one with God. We accept all those realities. And so, and so if, we, if that was a reality that we always constantly reminded ourselves of, then what would happen is, is that would become entrenched in our sense of identity. You know, I was thinking about this um, the last few days. I, I found it very interesting because remember, the core of the Luciferian-inspired doctrine is always rooted in the fact that God is not a good God. And, and you go back and you look at the garden and everything coming, every temptation coming out of the garden and coming forward was rooted in the fact you can't trust God. So you need to do it this way. You need to get what you want this way. You need to appeal to you know, this, this group of people. But, uh, but it's kind of interesting that part of the way that that doctrine, that angry God doctrine has been, has been continued down through the centuries, uh, is because many times we see in the Old Testament, and we're going to see this in the future again, but many times in the Old Testament, we see that if God had not intervened and destroyed the, a particular group of people, a particular nation, then God's people would have been wiped out the bloodline of Jesus would have been eliminated, and the entire world would be doomed to an eternity apart from God. And so, so uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, Jewish nation, the Israeli nation, uh, many, many times without intervention from God, it, it would have been all over, and like I say, the bloodline of Jesus would have been lost. Now, here's what's really interesting is then we are so indoctrinated uh, that God's a bad God. In other words, we believe so much Luciferian, demonic uh, uh, doctrine that we look at those events where God delivered the children of Israel, and then we accuse him of being unfair, unkind, and unloving because he destroyed the people that were trying to destroy God's people. You know, you, you, you can't have it both ways. 
And this, you know, this gets into these humanistic philosophies that have permeated our world. You can't, you can't have it both ways. God can't be your deliverer and no one ever end up getting hurt because when people are trying to destroy you, they're not just trying to kill you physically. I want you to understand what's going on in America and in the world right now. This is, this is not just something to destroy people physically. This is designed to alienate people from God, not trust the Word of God. We're being lied to constantly about things relating to the Word of God. And I'm telling you, this is all going to come to an incredibly painful, threatening head in the not-too-distant future where you will have to take a side. You will, and it may cost you your life, but you will have to take a side. But most people are not really ready uh, to do that because they don't see God as the deliverer. Their memories of, the, of history, uh, of Bible history, are interpreted by godless people who don't believe that God is who he says he is. They don't believe he's a good God. They don't believe he's a loving God. They don't believe that everything he has ever done has been to uh, sustain, to save, to deliver as many people on planet Earth as would follow him and be delivered. You know, there's a lot of people, they're not going to follow him and they're not going to be delivered. And they're not going to stop being evil. They're not going to stop being liars. They're not going to stop being murderers. Uh, but somehow we think that we can coexist with them and they won't hurt us. They won't destroy the planet. They won't, you know, um, you know what? We got it all upside down. We got it all backwards. So God instituted the feast and the feast provided a way for people to approach God by faith because the feast was not to get God to come to man. The feast was man coming to God, and through the sacrifice, he, he was declaring the value that he had for his relationship with God. And so, you know, Hebrew doctrine uh, emphasizes the fact that when someone gives something to another person, that uh, the recipient may appreciate it, they may not appreciate it. It may cause the recipient to love the giver, or it may not. You know, he may not love, he or she may not love the giver. But what we do know is this psychologically, when you do things that express value for someone, uh, you draw to them and you begin to have more compassion for them. And so, so it connects you to them even if they're not getting connected to you. By the way, I've said this so many times, this is one of the reasons that uh, we are totally failing at raising our children. I'm gonna tell you why, and this, this, is, this is black kids, white kids, this is people of all kinds of ethnic backgrounds. Anytime uh, children are not required to respect authority. You know, the Bible tells you that the first commandment that gives hope is honor your father and mother that will go well with you, you know, and you'll live long, you know, in, in the land. And it says, this is the first promise with hope. Well, why is that the first promise with hope? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if children are raised defying uh, the authority of their mother and father, if children are raised not honoring their mother and father, I got news for you. Then they're not going to honor the teachers and the teachers are going to have to be fighting with them all the time. 
And then they're not going to honor the, the, the policemen who stop them. Well, the first, they're not going to honor laws because they won't recognize other people's boundaries. And then they won't honor the policemen who stop them. And then because of the foolish, rebellious things that parents have taught them, then they defy authority and they end up getting killed. And, you know, here's the thing that just makes me irate is you never see and you never will see because because this is not what the world wants. The world does not want you having godly morals, values, and ethics, because then they would have to have a, a godly uh, justice system, which we don't have a godly justice system anymore. But, uh, uh, but the real truth is, what they should be talking about on the news, you know, the other day, uh, the other day there was, a, there was what, what a, I don't know how, how this kid was, 12, 13, 14 years old kid, got, got killed. Well, he was identified as, at this point, I don't know if it's been proven, but he was identified. He was with a gang member that was 21 years old. As far as the police knew, he was shooting at automobiles that were going by. He had gunpowder residue on his hands when they, when they checked him. He had a gun. He ran from the police, and, uh, and he ended up getting shot. You say, well, 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 see, that's so unfair that he got shot. No, here's what's unfair. What's unfair is he didn't have parents uh, that kept him at home at night. You know, my question is, how is a kid this young out on the streets in the middle of the night with a gang member shooting guns? But nobody asked those questions because that would, that would mean parents have to start taking responsibility. Well, see, God's Word tells us how to make sure our kids are healthy and happy and live along and have peace. It's to honor their father and their mother. But if, if the mother and father do not require honor, and the real truth is we know for a fact that uh, one of the number one causes of uh, children growing up to be criminals and gang members and, and getting in crime is there's no father in the household. You know, uh, and by the way, that's all by design. The government designed that. They designed the welfare program to make it where mothers wouldn't get married. They would be broken families, and these the mothers and the kids would all be raised up uh, under the influence of the government because that's the only way that they could afford to raise their children. There it is. Now, but God wanted us to remember these things. Now, here's what you want to remember: whether you're remembering the feast and the sacrifices, or whether you're going back and saying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is where the, the pyramids come from. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is where this started. Oh, th this is how the Bible explains. Once you come to the knowledge of how the Bible explains those things, um, then number one, you, 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 you won't be deceived. But when we understand what happened in the past, when, when, when our memory of the past, even, you know, we think of memories as something that we have only experienced in this lifetime that we have personally experienced. But the truth is, memories are based on anything that you learn, anything that you hear. And one of the things you're going to discover, by the way, in, in next week's message, which is the last message in the series, I'm going to be sharing with you about how to rid yourself of your past, that past that you're always getting counseling for, that past that you're always needing somebody to help you get delivered from, that past that keeps messing up your life. You know what? Uh, you're dragging that past around because you, you haven't honored what God said to do with your 
memories and with the beliefs of your heart as it pertains to the Lord Jesus. So, so before we come to Jesus, our long-term memories, our life experiences are in fact defining uh, our sense of self, defining who we really are. And that's why when we come to Jesus, we need to believe these things in our heart, not in our mind. You say, Jim, I don't even know how to believe my heart. Well, that's why we got hundreds and hundreds of free messages right here on our website. That's why we are popping out videos and teachings and all of this over and over and over again to make sure you can learn how to do these things because you can. And the Bible tells you how, uh, how to do these things. Now, uh, so every time I go back, well, let me just give you an example. Right now, one of the things that is being done, and this is something, by the way, that has always been done by ruthless dominating countries and ruthless dominating uh, uh, politicians. And that would be when they would take over a people, they would, they would start, uh, sometimes they would require them to stop speaking their native language and start speaking whatever language the conqueror, you know, spoke. This happened to the Native American people. Uh, uh, you know, I think if you're, I think if you're going to assimilate into a country, you need to speak that language. I think that's that's only fair. But at the same time, I don't think you need to give up your language. You know, they give they give uh, the conquering people give give people new names, and um, and one of the big things that they do is they seek to alter their memories of of their country and and of their past. So, you know, right now in America, one of the things that's happening is, and by the way, every country that is taken over by communism goes down this path of, of destroying every, all of the values of a particular population and, and redefining everything. So now our children, uh, and let me just say this, you know, this was a strategy of the Democrats and the Republicans lied and pretended like they cared and were going to do something about it. This is as much Democrat as it is Republican, is as much Republican as it is Democrat. You know, I've always said the Democratic, uh, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are just two legs on the same monster. Once you give people unchecked power, once citizens lose their ability to, uh, uh, to keep the uh, elected officials in check, then the real truth is they take all the power and then they destroy us. But one of the things that's happening right now with the destroying of monuments, with the rewriting, you know, the, the, whole, you know, the whole rewriting of history. Well, all of that is being rewritten uh, falsely. And so what's happening is now a, a, a whole generation from the, from the first grade all the way through graduate school of people that have come to believe, for example, that America is a horrible country, uh, it's a racist country, and really what this, what this is designed to do is two things. Number one, destroy all national pride and destroy all national unity. And then secondly, what it's designed to do is to turn groups of people against other groups of people. But over time, something even worse than, I mean, people will be, they already have been, 
fighting in the streets. People have been being murdered. Cities have been burned down. And, uh, and, and it's all done in the name of, you know, racial justice, social justice, equity, all of these kinds of things. But the, the, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen. The worst thing that's going to happen is as you change your memories, you will change your sense of identity. And therefore, uh, you can be molded into something that someone else wants you to be. We're going to be talking about this next week, but next week we're going to be talking about getting rid of the identity that's been destroying you. Listen, be sure and check out the audio series that goes with this. Man, I've got this whole series uh, uh, between the videos and the audio will really equip you. Listen, I'll talk to you next week. Blessings. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.